Distinguished graduates of the class of 2018, family, friends, you guys are here for them today, so I'm going to primarily address what I say to you guys, and the rest of you are welcome to listen in. Hopefully, there's something in it for you. You guys are about to launch. After you walk down that aisle tomorrow, you're going to head off to college, move out on your own, and your lives will be entirely up to you. Your parents aren't going to make you get out of bed. They're not going to tell you when to study. They're not going to tell you when to go to bed. And everybody's like, yes! And all of those things are wonderful. Of course, when you drop out of school, that's your choice too. Your life will be completely up to you. You will create what it is. You will design what goes into it. Decide how you spend your time and energy. And those choices will matter. Thank you for inviting me to spend a few minutes with you today. It is an incredible privilege to be here and uh, say something that you know, you'll remember for the rest of your lives. <laughs> no pressure. Something that will, unforgettable, that will inspire you and challenge you. And so here it is. Don't go for A's, aim for C's. I am not advocating mediocrity in your lives. Let me explain. Most graduation speeches will admonish you to go distinguish yourselves, to go make your mark on the world, to achieve great things. In fact, most people structure their lives around these two A's. Achievement and accumulation. In fact, it could be defined as the American dream, that anybody can go out there and become a big success, by which we usually mean achieve important things and make lots of money. Right? It could be argued that that is, in fact, what most people are chasing. But my contention this morning is that those two A's, achievement and accumulation, are actually very poor goals for you to structure your life around. Let me tell you this well. It's a story you probably are all very familiar with. Um, how many of you would love to win an Olympic medal? I, I mean, I'm there. I really think if they would have had a curling team in Honolulu where I was growing up, I could have, I could have been there. I mean, curling would have been my sport. I just never tried it. If you win an Olympic medal, it proves you're valuable, right? You're the best. You're, you're, you're the best in the world at that thing, and you have this medal to prove it. And we all can imagine how amazing and wonderful and satisfying it would feel to have a gold medal of our own hanging on the wall in the cabinet. So anytime we start feeling down about ourselves or like we haven't made a difference in the world, we're like, oh, hey, look, there's a gold medal. I did that. Sounds like it would be great. You all know of Michael Phelps, right? Um, the most decorated Olympian in the history of Olympic sport. He is a swimmer, of course, who won 28 medals. The next highest person, human being in the world, has won nine. He, Michael Phelps won eight gold medals in one Olympics, kind of defining athletic greatness. Nobody else has come even half as close as him to doing that. You'd think that oh man, like what an achievement. I would feel so great about myself. I would have so much joy in my life if I had done that. Which is, of course, what Michael Phelps experienced, right? 
Actually not. It turns out, after he started winning medals, he started struggling with depression. In fact, the better he got, the more discouraged he got. He started drawing drugs almost daily, medicating himself to try to get away from the depression he was experiencing. The more he won, the more depressed he got, and he actually ended up contemplating taking his own life after he became the most decorated Olympian of all time. How many of you play Minecraft? You can admit it. We'll just laugh at you, but it's cool. How many of you know what Minecraft is? Let's be a little more. I know. Asking for a friend. Can you imagine how cool your life would be if you had invented Minecraft? Pretty awesome, right? Incredible accomplishment. Invent a, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, Minecraft is a um, computer game where you kind of create a world and do stuff, and it's very addictive and very successful. They all know what it is. Um, Marcus Persons was the creator of Minecraft, and he made it at a pretty young age. He was about 30 when his company started writing the code for it. They put it out there. Uh, at 36 years old, he sold it for $2.5 billion to Microsoft. Great life, right? Achievement and accumulation. He has the life most of us are targeting, right? How great would life be if I created this amazing thing, sold it for $2.5 billion, could retire at 36 years old and spend the rest of my life hanging out on the beach? That's what he thought. So we went after it. He, he sold it for $2.5 billion, tried to make sure his employees were well taken care of. He takes his money, goes and buys a $70 million mansion, complete with a candy wall. Literally, a, a wall of candy in his house that you can just go eat whenever you want. And then he does just what I would have done and headed for the beach. And after being there a few weeks, he starts sending out these tweets. He says, the problem with getting everything is you run out of reasons to keep trying and human interaction becomes impossible due to imbalance. I'm hanging out in Ibiza with a bunch of friends and partying with famous people, able to do whatever I want, and I've never felt more isolated. Wow. Most people in this world are chasing after achievement and accumulation. The problem is when you catch it, it doesn't deliver what's been promised. As human beings, I think we're a little bit like greyhounds on the track. You ever watch them, them run? They raise the gates and there's this mechanical rabbit that's made out of just, it's a stuffed animal on a metal pole. And, and these greyhounds take off on the track and just start sprinting around because they know they want that rabbit. Have you ever seen the rabbit glitch and stop? It is hilarious. Like the dogs reach it and they take a bite out of it and they have no idea what to do because it tastes terrible. Oh yeah, I'm stuffed rabbit. This was not what I thought. My contention is that, is that the A's, the achievement and the accumulation that you as human beings are going to be so tempted to structure your lives around aren't worth it. That those are not good goals or good ways to structure or design your lives. Because I think that those are just like the mechanical rabbit. And should you be lucky enough to achieve them, you will find that they don't deliver the joy, the meaning, or the happiness that they promised. Instead, well... I'll, I'll leave you with the Jim Carrey quote on this one. Jim Carrey, who you all know, one of the funniest, awesomest people. Well, 
who's also accomplished incredible things, he's incredibly rich, he said this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that's not the answer. Hmm. Jesus said, be on your guard against every form of greed for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. While most people and most graduates out there are getting a speech to go out and achieve great things, become successful, accumulate as much as you can, I am challenging you this morning not to aim for those A's, but instead to aim for C's. Not accumulation, not achievement, instead connection and contribution. If I could say one thing to my 1996, you guys weren't even born then, my 1996 senior graduating self, it would be this. The meaning, joy, and purpose you seek for in your life are not going to come from achievements or accumulation, but rather from connecting and contributing to the people around you. Paul, this, this text always gets read at weddings, but I think it's more appropriate at graduations. It's 1 Corinthians 13, and here's why. Paul says, at the start of it, let me show you the way of life that is best of all. You are about to go out there and create your lives. All of this training, all of these assignments, all of this education, practice, and work that have gone into this point are launching you and creating your life. And Paul starts this chapter saying, let me show you the way of life that will be most rewarding, the way of life that will actually get you what you want. Then he says this, and we've heard this so many times that it doesn't confront us or startle us near as much as it should. Paul says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but don't, didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Let me update this for you. Though you graduate first from your class and get into Loma, Uni Loma Linda University Medical School, if you don't show compassion for the homeless, you've accomplished nothing. Though you write a New York Times bestseller, if you don't bring joy and love to the life of your spouse, you really haven't done much. If you discover the cure for cancer, but you don't have a concern for the incarcerated, you've done nothing. If you launch a tech startup that makes the Fortune 500, but you don't take joy in your children and delight in them, you really haven't done much with your life. No matter what you go out there and do, if you don't focus and invest in the lives of the people closest to you, the people who come across your path, you're missing the gift of who God has created you to be. This is what love does. Love helps us make this world a better place, a better place for the person next to us, a better place for our family, a better place for the stranger, for the alien, for the poor, the homeless, the incarcerated, the immigrant, the lonely, the victims of domestic violence, the peace rate workers on the iPhone factory in China, the garment workers in San Pedro Sula, or the indentured servants in the diamond mines in the Congo. 
For each of these seven billion human beings you share this world with, the success of your life will come down to how much you made this place better for them. You've got an incredible contribution to make. Each and every single one of you are created in the image of God. You have connections and relationships that no one else will ever have. You can bless people in a way no one else can. I believe this is the fundamental choice that will define everything that matters in your life. You either use the people around you for your life or you use your life for the people around you. You can do either one while faithfully attending church, by the way. Tragically. But this is the line between sin and salvation. Either you use your life for people or you use people for your life. And the way of Jesus, what, what actually me- makes a joyful, successful life is recognizing that where that's going to come from is connecting deeply with the people around you and contributing generously of who you are to their lives. I think these C's, connection and contribution, are best even for you in the long run. What Michael Phelps and Jim Carrey and Marcus Persons all testify to is is that once should you be so lucky, you get all those things you thought were your dreams, they might not make you near as happy as you thought. No one on their deathbeds is clutching their bank accounts, right? Nobody even brings in their Nobel Prizes or their Grammys or their Oscars or their Olympic gold medals. In the end, those aren't the things that matter most. What matters most is is each other, the people who we share this time with. And the sooner you figure that out, the more ultimately successful your life is going to be. I believe this is a deep Adventist value. This is something we express in, in Sabbath of this day once a week where we actually deliberately and intentionally forbid accumulation and achievement. This is awesome. (laughs) We take a day where we say today is, we're going to actually make it a prohibition against working. We're going to make it a prohibition against gaining. That this achievement and accumulation, we, we've kind of encodified it in a wonderful way and said, said, this isn't what we're about. We're going to take a day to connect with each other, to connect with God. We're going to take a day to make sure we're contributing to the lives of the people around us, opening up our tables, our time for the things that matter most. I think it's incredibly telling that when God created us as human beings, and we had work to do, did we start out doing the work? Math, we're here. Day six, Adam and Eve are created. Day seven, they go to work. Nope. (laughs) Day seven, God says, here's this amazing place. The highest and best thing any of you can do with your lives is celebrate and enjoy and enter into what God has already made. I so deeply believe this is true, that that for each of you, the the greatest joy in your life is a recognition that, that you've been given everything. You've been given yourself. You are a gift from God to you. And you are a gift from God to this world and this place. And that's worth celebrating. It's worth connecting deeply with all these other gifts sitting next to you and and driving and walking and working beside you. This is some of the deepest meaning. Well, in fact, Harvard did a study where they followed a group of a cohort of graduates for 80 years and found out that a better predictive element of health at 80 wasn't your health at 40, but rather how successful you were in your relationships. If you wanted to be happy at 80, invest in the people around you and the connections you have with them. 
Science and the Bible prove over and over that that's the success. That's the recipe for a successful life. I also think this is incredibly powerful to focus on those things because there are going to be times in your life where you don't achieve what you want, where you are facing some pretty difficult circumstances, where you have some bad luck. But nothing can ever stop you from being in a place where you can contribute or you can connect. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO or the janitor, you can contribute, you can connect. It doesn't matter if you're winning gold medals or if you're LeBron James or if you're Tim Cook. You can contribute and connect from anywhere. This gives us an incredible opening to purpose and meaning no matter where we're at. You don't have to finish that college degree before you can contribute and connect. In fact, this actually provides the why for you, you getting that college degree, for you starting that tech company, for you going to medical school. The reason we do any of those things is to enable us to better contribute, to better connect with the people around us. So graduates, that is my message to you. Well, I'm going to read the rest of this because love, huh. love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Graduates, don't aim for the A's. Aim for the C's. Greatness isn't found in winning, but in giving. One of the people who's made the biggest difference in my life is my best friend's dad. His name is Chuck Sandifer, and he was kind of an important person. He was the conference president of the, the conference where we lived when I was growing up. And he had, like most conference presidents, more to do than time to do it. And he was busy and wore suits to work. And um, he made time for me. My best friend Justin and I kept saltwater aquariums, and we wouldn't put anything in them that we didn't catch ourselves. So we took nets and sticks and went out snorkeling and, and trying to catch the prettiest fish we could find. And we found pretty quickly that it was a lot easier to do that at low tide than any other time. You had less distance to go between the surface where you can breathe and the bottom where the fish live where you can't breathe. And the water's clear, and it, and it just worked a lot better to go at low tide. Of course, low tide happens at random times, right? Sometimes it's at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And we wanted to go snorkeling and catch fish at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And, and Uncle Chuck, the conference president, has got work to do, right? But he used to say, guys, I've got a meeting. It gets done at 9.30. You guys be packed, loaded up in the car, and sitting there at 9.35, and I will take you snorkeling. And he would walk out of the conference office in his suit and tie, come out, get in the car, act like he was driving off to a business meeting and take us boys to the beach where he would change into his swimsuit, take us out snorkeling, catching fish, get back to the car, change back into his suit and tie, drive back to the conference office and say, boys, wait half an hour to unload the car after we get there. That is what contribution looks like. That is what connection looks like. No matter where you go and what you do, you are going to have incredible opportunities to contribute and connect with each person God places in your path. And that's my wish for you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much 
for the incredible gift of this world and the people in it, for the gift of being able to connect and contribute with the people around us. May we not take that gift lightly. And as this graduating class heads out the door, down the aisle and out the doors, may they be inspired with your spirit. May they be inspired not to build their lives around achievement and accumulation, but rather around connection and contribution. In Jesus' name, amen.